Welcome to Beyond the Sum of Our Parts. We're so glad you're joining us for our second episode. Um, we are six people from different walks of life coming together to lean in and have uncomfortable conversations with open minds and open hearts. On the way, we will uncover our own perspectives and the perspectives of others as we embrace one common goal, change. We're so glad you're here. So we're going to do our, uh, our ritual. And what we like to do is take a deep breath in. And we're going to start off with our intention words. Um, today, my intention word is positive. My intention word is fun. My intention word is connection. Uh, my intention word is engaged. All right. Now that we got the intention words done and the little breathing in out session going, today's discussion <laughs> is going to be mental health and relationships. You got me, Tanisha. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We're just going to... It's a Gina. That shit it's got me. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> let it roll. Let's roll with it. Let it roll. Let it roll. Let it roll. Let That's it roll. Good. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. It's only a few minutes. It's only not even a full minute of blurbiness. It's it's okay. This is this is what we're all about. Just basically being authentic selves and yes. people we make mistakes in. So we're not gonna edit this and just pretend like we don't make mistakes. No. There's some there's some bumps and curves around the way. So once again, I'm Mike. This is um, next to me is Tashina. We got Jen and we got Jordan. And today, like I said, we're gonna be talking about mental health and relationships. Yes. So that is what's going on. So my thing is this when it comes to relationships, how do you go about breaking down that that wall of understanding and, and comfortability to say that I am straight, but however, though, I do have some mental health issues regarding with family, work, whatever that may be. Before hey. taking that leap to saying, all right, I'm your girlfriend, you're my boyfriend, that kind of thing. So how do you go about that? You know, it's definitely hard, especially in the culture that we live in today, because for so long, mental health was seen as a negative thing. So if you had mental health concerns, it was this automatic assumption that there is something seriously wrong with you. You were not right with whatever. There was no, it wasn't, there wasn't that leniency. Um, there wasn't that sense of, okay, let's talk out or let's work through it. It was just like, oh, you belong somewhere else with somebody else, time or space or energy for that. Um, but I think as more people become aware, um, and as more people, not just becoming aware of other people's, but themselves, I, I feel like everybody is starting to recognize that mental health is normal. You know, I don't think there's any one person in the world that can say I am completely a thousand percent okay. I don't have a single mental health concern whatsoever. My life is perfect. Like, it's just not realistic. There's always something, whether it's stress, whether it's anxiety, whether it's anger, whether it's you know, past traumas, whether it's the issues, everybody has something. And I think as we become um, more aware of that in ourselves, we be, we're able to hold that space, have that compassion for other people. I really like the way you said that, Jordan, because what popped into my head was like something similar. Like if we can just think about a continuum, you know, like we all exist somewhere on that continuum when we move, right? Like, Anxiety is something that happens to everybody, and sometimes it impacts your functioning, and sometimes it's more frequent and severe, and sometimes it's not. Right. I can move over that continuum, and if we if we try to get out of that little box of what's a mental health disorder, and we look at like we all have the feelings, like you were saying, and we're just on that continuum. And here's when it impacts me, or how it impacts me. Right. 
And we can just talk about it. Like we're all bringing stuff. It's that that permission to like take it out of that little box where I am a person with a mental health disorder. I'm a human being. Right. Emotions, and sometimes those emotions get in my way. And sometimes those emotions might be about family or trauma or stress. Like you said, they come from different places. And my significant other might have a completely different set of emotions and where they came from. But if we can just be like, look, the expectation isn't that you don't have them. Right, because it's about that expectation. The expectation is we all have them, and we're all making them. So, what do you need, and how does that show up? And you know, I just feel like it's in this box now, like mental health, and it does us a great disservice. Right. Right. Um, I I feel I feel similar to that. I feel that yes, we have came um, we have came pretty far, but I think we still have work to do as far is the mental health is concerned um, because I feel like the main source of um, mental health is not being able to be vulnerable when you're right. going through things. Like, if you right. can be vulnerable around your friends, family, loved ones, when you experience a trauma or even a COVID at work or any of those scenarios, you just become closed off. You start thinking about depression. You get to this place of feeling unsafe. Um, in, in those types of scenarios, it's hard for you to communicate about what you're feeling or what the emotions are. Um, I do also agree with you, um, Jordan, that um, we've been able to talk about these things lately. We just haven't figured out a way to make it okay on a daily basis in certain scenarios, in certain situations, because I feel like sometimes in certain family members, even though someone may have passed away, we all grieve differently. We all grieving in another way. Some of us walk around like we're fine, but we're dying inside. Some of us also, as soon as that happened, don't know how to cope with life. Especially if you watch that person just go through a horrible experience while they were alive and they passed away right. or even someone was taken away from you in such a horrible dramatic situation it's something that i experienced in my own home you know my um my sister-in-law was killed really tragically and my wife just hasn't been the same ever since right. and so i just create a space for her when it's time for her to vent or express herself but at the same time, I still know she's in pain. I still know she hasn't gotten over it. I know that there's a three-year anniversary coming up, and I'm always just bracing myself for right. every moment. And so you just get to that point where you know you realize that people are going through these things, and you just try to be there for them. And then on the other side of that, you know, how do I cope, or how do I help, and how do right. I make sure that my mm-hmm. mental health is still there because it still affects me too. You know, it's still a family member of mine that treated me like, you know, family. So it's, I think, you know, all of that in a nutshell, like experiencing that with someone, you know, just feeling their pain, feeling their emotions and still making sure you don't push them over the edge. Just creating that comfort space so they can talk about it when they're ready to talk about it. You know, grieving is a hard thing, and we've all kind of experienced this grieving thing in some aspect, especially during COVID, when the world has not been the same ever since, and it won't be for a while. So, you know, I think this conversation is needed so people can understand and know that things are happening in mental health relationships, and it's, it's just up to us to have this uncomfortable conversation and let people know that it's okay to express yourself during this time. Right. You know, and go ahead. Now, um, I mean, all, all great topics and I mean, not topics, but all great suggestions and outlets on it. And, you know, with you guys all being in relationships, those things do play a big role into it. And then for me being single, it's like, as like you said, it's more of a normalcy for us to talk about that mental health is an issue right now for us to um, bring that into the forefront. Um, it, it, the, the issue is pretty much at what stage of dating do you bring this up or what stage of dating before you're like trying to make things official? Because so far, if you think about it, we've all been doing it bef- without having this conversation. So 
trying so trying to move forward into a relationship with someone and basically having like having that discussion about mental health trying to get someone to basically come to the terms of actually talking about it before they can actually make a full full on commitment because before you know back in the days the commitment standards were oh not having sex before marriage or this that and the third and everybody everybody pretty much took what they wanted from um from those whole relationships uh i guess um what's the word i'm looking for i guess um before they start a relationship this is what they need before they can proceed to go further so mm-hmm. it's like I, I i like how do how does a person basically at what point in time when meeting someone do you think it should be a good time to talk about mental health before you know if you're dating somebody for three months two weeks what have you so is it like three months you feel like it or is it just something that you should say hey we're getting to that point and we haven't really discussed anything in revolve in, in regards to mental health how does how do we go about it because I know just trying to talk to people about getting properly tested before they do anything is an issue. Right. And and everybody gets offended assuming that you're thinking they're dirty or they're unclean. That's that's not the case. You're just basically wanting to find out what's going on. So uh, when's a good time to pretty much ask that question and be, you know, finding out? Can I ask you a question? Because mm-hmm. what I think was like, I've been, I was thinking about the relationships I've been in and when it should have happened or when it didn't happen, it's always easy to look back and be like, oh, I should have done it this time or that time. But like, is both people, like when do I need to know? What 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 is happening in the relationship? What are the conditions that make me ready or know like if I keep going further, it's gonna get harder. Or I have this feeling inside myself that like, there's things I know I should be saying right now because otherwise I feel like I'm proceeding and, and there's not honesty. Like you're not throwing it on the table. For me, I'm not throwing it on the table in the beginning. I need to know, is there a connection? Do I trust you? You know, yeah. and like, there's a point where I start to feel uncomfortable with the things I haven't said to you. And it's just like sitting there and, and it becomes a thing where, you know, I feel like there's a part of myself that, that I haven't showed you yet. And, and I don't know if that's the same in each relationship or with each person, but I'm wondering like, what that has to feel like for you or when that happens for each of you because I think it's different too. I don't know. Oh no, go ahead, Jordan. There's a delay. So if I cut somebody off, just say something and eventually I'll hear it. (laughs) (laughs) But like for my husband, when we started dating, um, it was probably two or three months into that I, we sat down and we had the conversation. And for me, it was really when I started to know getting serious. And before it gets more serious, I need to say these things and, and know for sure if you're if you're it out with me or if we just need to move on and go our separate ways. Um, for me, it was an easy conversation to have because it was just like, I am not going to invest any more things if you're not ready to, you know, carry them. If, if that's it. So let's sit down and have this conversation. And I'm just going to lay it all out on the table, you know. And I, that's really what I did. It was just like this, 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 this. I'm, I'm working on fixing it, but this. So you can either take it or you can leave it. And for him, he was just like. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm in it. Let's go. Let's go. Unexpected, but let's, yeah, let's do this. So I think it can be really scary. And I think just like with the whole, you know, getting tested before, oh yeah. I think it's just like, you know, getting tested and all those other conversations that you have. It's scary to have those conversations because, you know, it's scary to be vulnerable. But the reality is I would rather have that in the beginning and let you hurt my feelings before I didn't have any more feelings then wait until we're about to get married hey I'm in that case oh by the way I got some oh by the way I'm on this you know it's just easier for me in the beginning to get it all out there because I as much whereas people might not feel the same way so that was just my experience. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, 
I was running away from emotions when I got um, in a relationship um, just because I didn't quite pull up where we had to express them. Um, and um, my wife, well, she was my girlfriend at the time, was very open with communication, like could talk about anything because I came from the type of environment where they talked about things often. Um, and so for me in the beginning, I was the one that was more kind of quiet and didn't communicate about emotions until I had a traumatic experience and I broke down. And at that moment, when you're in it, you're just breaking down. So there's nothing else you have but vulnerability with the person that you're with. Um, and she was very confident at the time. So it made me feel safe. Um, but I had to go through something in order for me to start to express those things to her. Um, it was hard in the beginning. Like I said, I wasn't really good at communicating. I was probably the worst at it because I didn't even understand my emotions until I became an adult. From just my background of growing up in a household where you couldn't express yourself. Like it was just do what you, you're supposed to do. Don't cry, don't speak, or don't do anything unless I tell you to. So coming from that environment was really difficult. So when I did get into relationships, um, I was very standoffish with my feelings. Like they, some people didn't even know that I didn't like them at the time, just because I was so good at keeping my emotions inside. Um, and so when I did get in this relationship where it required me to communicate, then I was more open to it. Then I was more um, upfront with how I was feeling. I even had moments of processing what I was feeling at the moment, just from talking it out with my wife. Like we would have these conversations like, okay, where are you? I noticed that you're not talking. So where are you today? What are you, what is the things you're going through? And so I think that was the balance that helped us through. And then I became the better communicator than her. And that's another long story. But anyway, <laughs> it just happens that way sometimes, you know. All right. We got Christy who came in. Hey, Christy. Go ahead. What are your thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts about um, mental health and relationships. One being that it's not talked enough talked about enough and, and it really comes down to what your partner is willing to support I think because if you're having a breakdown and your partner is unable to meet your needs or see or hear your needs as it pertains to mental health then it's really kind of hard to be able to rely on them and to trust in them and to you know really connect through intimacy if you know that you feel like a burden at the end of the day. Um, I think it all comes down to the type of partner, you know, you're choosing and if they're empathetic, if they can relate to mental health, if they even value that, because I know a lot of people are still slow to um, recognizing mental health as an actual disease and an actual something that really truly plagues people deeply. Um, yeah, but I'm all, I'm all open for the conversations to be had in daily relationship, um, kind of scenarios. And that could be not even just romantic relationships, just friendships, um, sibling relationships, but, mm -hmm. um, just all types of things. I think it's, Yeah. I mean, I, I was feeling you, Tashina. I, you know, I came real comfortable with like, I've done a lot of work, right? Being vulnerable and like my language is feelings. Like I do that and that's okay. And my husband is not that way, you know, and uh, he is not that way. He definitely got the messages that was not okay. You didn't do what you're supposed to do, suck it up. And then he went and joined the military and, you know, that got extra reinforced and, um, 
And so it was real scary. And I, but I like had made, I was at a point in my life where I had made this commitment to like just being authentic and being vulnerable. And I didn't dump it. I didn't turn the tap on full blast, like first date, second date. But like, I think like Jordan said earlier, for me, like I got to a place where I was just like, look, like it's got to be all of me or it's got to be like, I need to know because if you can't handle that and it did scare him and I watched him get scared and it scared me, you know, and it made me, I had to be careful that it undo the work I had done to be okay with myself because I found myself sitting down writing like this manifesto, right. About what I was going to say. And I was like, who is this for? Is this really for him or is this for me? Like, like in that moment realized it was for me. Like I had to remind myself that I accepted all these parts of myself um, because he wasn't not accepting it, but he wasn't understanding them. And then I had a decision like, you know, he let it be known that he would support me, you know, and that he was there and that was, Save, but it was also like he didn't even know what he didn't know, and so I had to decide could I right. save that? And it, and we still struggle with it. We just spent a weekend at a marriage retreat, and it was sponsored by his like unit in the military, right? So, I mean, I mean, the good thing was it was geared to a whole bunch of people like my husband, who like that's not their norm, that's not their language, it's not so that helps me, but it's something we struggle with, right? Um, he didn't have that language and that. You know, and I have to be really careful to stay okay with myself and my emotions inside of that, inside of that thing, even now, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you get to this place of how can I communicate with someone that just doesn't know? And then you also do this thing to yourself. Like, what is it that is in me that I can't help this person communicate better with me? Um, you do these things in your mind sometimes, this dance with yourself um, in your mind is, okay, Where? how far can I go with this conversation without pushing this person mm-hmm. over the edge? How far can I go in this, at this scenario or this situation without me going over the edge as well? Because you got limitations too. Um, and without you know, compromising your own mental health or your own emotions and trying to put so much energy into helping another person um, reach that level of clarity in your relationship. Um, I think that's that's difficult. But like you said, when you put in the work, because then you get to a place of like, how can I fault somebody for not knowing? Like, how can I really fault them? And they just don't know. They just ne- never been taught. They've never been and then sometimes it's not even your place as the wife or the spouse to be the person to teach them. Um, and that's the hard part sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things you can't even teach your spouse about that in that moment. It's things they sometimes got to learn on their own or sometimes they pick it up from somewhere else. Um, and I think that's a hard part. And that's what creates some type of dynamic when you two can trust each other enough to allow the other person to just grow at their own pace mm-hmm. and still be still be supportive. I'm not gonna lie, Tashina, that's 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 well said, well put. Because I was thinking the same thing, where it's like you want to be with that person, but then you understand they got um, let's say, mental health growing. Yeah. And you can't, you can't you can't put in that effort for every like you can't do it for them because at like that is something that one they have to be ready and and understanding that it does it is a problem that needs to be addressed and fixed and then two it's it, it's okay to say it's above my pay grade let's go let me help you let me help you mm-hmm. find somebody to help you and mm-hmm. and and that is the thing for um with me being single for the longest um and this took me a while to get to that point where. I always tell people my um my personality my my story um my me and myself when dating with me, it's like a deck of cards. I'm gonna lay the cards out for you and beforehand, so ain't nobody's time being wasted. So you gonna get the on you gonna get the unfiltered, uh the rawness of me because that's what I that's what I like that's what I want from you, and so I'm gonna give you what I want. But then over time, I'm seeing it as like not everybody's walking like that. Everybody's doing that um. <laughs> That representative when, uh, during the interview process where everybody and people keep this on for like months and yeah. some people even keep on that interview that interview um, mentality behavior like for even years and I, and I was asking myself why do people do this and then 
it, it's, it dawned on me when I'm I'm in another I'm in another Facebook group where it's a relation it's 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 called talk um relationship talk and mm-hmm. hearing people and seeing and hearing people their stories and stuff like that and it's just like wow so like people are finally like probably a year two three whatever finally slowly peeling back the onion of the person they are with the people they married and to me that is frightening it's like because I, i'm like i'm i'm not gonna lie i'm i and i hate to say it i tell people this well i don't hate to say it i'm very happy in saying this i'm like i will cut you off at any given point in time if i find out if i'm if i'm getting into something i, I was not told to up front because it's like yo i need a disclaimer and so when i would talk to people i'm like so what is your disclaimer if you came with a disclaimer what would that be you know, just to kind of make it easier for people to, you know, hey, let it out a little bit and so they can explain. So it's like we all have a disclaimer. It's OK to put that up front. Um, And people, we as people, we get into that whole thing. Don't ask, don't tell. So and that that that's wrong. But at the same point in time, that's also a good policy. Yeah. But when it comes to dating and re- mental health and things like that, I believe, when, especially when it comes to dating or in a relationship with people, it's best to ask all the right question and it's best to give answers, especially if you feel like you're investing in people. You need to basically be 100% yourself. And we're not talking about yourself where you're, oh, you're, you're, you're this person at work and you're this person with your family. The person that you're going to probably spend the rest of your life with needs to know all aspects of you. And they need to be either they need to be OK with that and they need to be given the opportunity to accept those about you. And they need to understand if they're able to handle that or not. And if they are not able to handle it, that's OK. That's that's just where they're not able to do. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you as an individual and i think that's where a lot of people get that that scare that scarcity vibe where they don't want to feel like they're being judged or they feel like they're not good enough or they we everybody wants to portray a role to maintain a certain sense of mental calmness and that's where it's kind of like a double edged sword where rejection is a big part of playing with people's emotions and like in like dating so many people it's like understanding everybody differently but then me being myself every single time with everybody some people receive it very differently one girl actually thought i was trying to get married in two weeks little did she know that's not my cup of tea (laughs) (laughs) So, so mike i like how you put that but there's also these things that come up when you guys or people are together that Mm-hmm. They didn't know that they were aware of. Mm-hmm. And that's the part I think that you just may kind of be missing out on a little bit because people sometimes don't know that they're going to react a certain type of way, or they don't even know that they have this thing, or they don't even they believe that they killed themselves from that, and then another experience happened and this come up. So you're not really they're not really kind of sure on wow, it's happening again. I didn't realize this is a part of me. So when I got with you, I thought I was strong. I thought I had all my ish together. Right. I thought I was mm-hmm. in a great place. But then I got with you and something happened and it set a trigger or right. it's a new trigger now that I'm just not quite aware of. And so I think, you know, I kind of disagree with you a little bit on the part where you put all your cards on the table because I know we're all like evolving and changing every single day. I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. Shoot. I'm not even the same person I was two weeks ago. So just saying that you just, you know, just be a little more, you know, in your next venture, just be a little more open-minded to the other person because Sometimes they don't know that they're going to experience that, you know. I mean, that's just my two cents as far as like being married because stuff come up after the fact. Yeah, no, but see, I get, I, I get that. But then, I, but like you said, after being married, but then at the same point in time, that's when you really, like you said, like I said, um, like in in my mind of being like a spiritual thing when it comes in a relationship, the person is like I said, is they're either going to accept it or not accept it, but. It's there's nothing wrong with them not accepting it because that's just them saying I'm not able as an individual to help you or support you and mentally. And it doesn't mean that, oh, just because that took place that time doesn't mean like who knows what the future may have for you. They know there's no such thing as, oh, I will never date that person again. I mean, for some people there is, but 
Yeah, I was about to say. It, 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 it's okay to say <laughs> that I can't, I, I, I'm not able to help you in that area. This is above my pay grade. I'm going to back out. But there's nothing right. wrong with that. But people need to understand when a person backs out, it's literally when they say it's me, not you, it's really them, yeah. not you. Because yeah. it's like, it's like I want to help. Like I've dated women where it's like your emotional baggage is strong and I want to be there for you as a friend. However, I don't think you're in the right state of mind to be in a relationship with right. anybody, let alone with somebody like myself. But if you need right. a friend, I can be that for you and and, and, and help you along the way. And I that 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 much I that much I have done in the past and it, currently in the present where I'm there for you as a friend, but I can't be there with you as a relationship because where I'm at right about now, you're not there. And that's fine. That's fine. Who knows what 10, who knows what five or 10 years <laughs> may bring, we may run into each other again and you're at the right space. I'm at the right space. Hey, that's that's the universe saying, hey, let's give this a shot. But as of right now, I feel like, you know you as that's that's what i told the person i was like as of right now i feel like you as an individual you need time to yourself you need time to understand yourself what you want because that the mental health aspect is we're getting into relationships with people and we're not like you're you're not supposed you're not i'm not saying you're supposed to come to them already built up but right you're supposed to be able to be comfortable knowing that you have issues and expressing those things with those people we're not perfect and a person is either going to accept you for that or not, and if and if they don't, it's nothing bad about them not accepting it. That's just them being strong enough to know that they can't handle it. I want to play basketball. I'm five five. That is not going to happen. But I'm okay with expressing that. Like when the, any of my friends or family is like, "Oh, let's play ball," I look around. I'm like, "You five nine? You five six? I'm not doing this. It's not. It's not working. It's not working." I'm not doing this because I, I know that I want to play, but you gonna mess up my whole self-esteem when you dunk on me. And I'm not gonna feel that way. I'm not gonna feel good. You're not gonna ruin my whole day. I'm not having that. And so, it's, it's, so and to me, that's where the whole thing comes into play. Like you gotta understand that, like people have to understand that it's okay to say that your relate um your relationship or your mental health um like I don't want to use the word baggage because baggage has basically been used as in a negative light, not in a positive, but your mental health structure isn't as strong for the both of us to basically withstand on. So individually you probably need to try to build that yourself. And I will be more than happy to be there sideline to give you some gorilla glue if you need it. Right. <laughs> and, and, and give you some Gatorade every now and again. But as far as like being in there with you doing the building process, that is not for me. Yeah. And there are some people where I have met where I felt like, you know, with the building process, I like you and I like you a lot. And I see there's a building process going on, yeah. but I still want to I still want to be a part of that building. I still want to help and sit back and be like, wow, you did a lot. But I also helped out, too. This is nice. But, you know, it's that it, it's, it's that. But we got to we got to be comfortable enough. With, um, It's like, in a sense, re- accepting um, accepting rejection and not just of the body but also of the spiritual mind yeah. of the spirit and mind and I think a lot of people tend to like get very angry about that get hurt and judged by it and it's also like it's like you like we've said it's a it's a new norm accepting mental health so it people's approach to it is not going to be one of the best because I once had a I once had a female I expressed myself to her like my my family background and and how things are and she was a spiritual uh, she was a she was a church going person and her response is oh you got demons I was like excuse me she's like she was like you're spiritually on like you your soul and your spirit is just not clean you need I'm like hmm oh oh." now now her approach her approach to that like stung me and she thought about it and she tried and she thought about it and she tried to fix it and and she was like i can't see myself submitting myself to somebody like you because of how of how you uh, of how you are as a person right now and i was just like huh choices of words could have been done differently but um so <laughs> In that situation, one, she said what she said, and then she tried to clean it up later. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not feeling this. This ain't for me. And, you know, when she said what she said, I accepted it. When I said I'm not feeling it because you judge me in the way you, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm hurt, but 
you have the right to feel that way and you're expressing it in another way. But I'm not going to stick around with that. I'm sorry. That's just going to replay in my mind. So I don't think this is going to work out. It didn't work out. My 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 separation speech didn't didn't stick through. I was getting calls in Texas if you ain't shit, uh, this, that, and the third. You're such a dog. And I'm like, I just told you I wasn't. Because she felt rejected. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, but you just, like, I, I just told you I'm not feeling it anymore because, you know, this, like, what you just said to me, I, I, I can't let that go. Even though you're right, I'm working on it, but the way you just shot me, I'm, I don't think I can recover from that. So it's okay. Yeah. And, like, maybe in the future, maybe something to go on. And she was like, nah, it's either going to work out now or not at all. Well, then we're not going to do this at all. And so, and it, it was hard. And it's like, you, it, it, it's like, it's the delivery approach, but then I'm a firm believer. What was said, what was said, what was said at the time is the universe telling me either you, like, if I, t if I accept it, I accept it, but now I got to act accordingly knowing that this is how this person is. But let me express, let me express my feelings to them and let them know how I felt about it. But if I continue to accept it, just that's me accepting it. But if I choose not to, that's just how I'm feeling at that time within the universe. Doesn't mean there's no chance for that person in the future, but I had to accept her her criticism on me, and um, you know, it 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 really did sting a lot. I think about it today, and it still kind of hurts. But you know, it, it was one of those things where I like the delivery aspect for a lot of people is different, and it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. But then at the same point in time, some people can, some people can't. But that's just another way of filtering out who's the right person for you. Yeah. Yeah. When I think the, you know, the mental health aspect in relationships is always hard. You know, you talked about, I think in our last podcast, you talked about, you know, having, you know, cards in a deck. But it's not quite that, you can't quite use that metaphor because for a lot of people, they're not even sure what cards they're holding. Like they don't even understand the depth of what they have going on until something happens and it clicks and it's like, oh, I'm in this real deep. Like I remember when I was, after my first marriage ended, I dated this guy and he had all kinds of mental health stuff going on that I was completely unaware of until I was. And it was like a, whoa, oh my goodness, how, how did I miss all of this stuff? Because he was, it, it was, he was just so used to it. He was so used to holding it all together, wearing this straight face that he continued to do it throughout the first like year of our relationship, like legit year of our relationship held it together. And then it was like all of a sudden something triggered him and it all started falling, falling apart. Like he would call me at crazy hours of the night, drunk driving, and he couldn't remember how he got to where he was or like call me from the police station because he got a DUI. Like it was literally like all of a sudden all of this crazy stuff started happening. And I was just like, what is going on? And he couldn't even tell me. He couldn't even tell me the beginning of what was happening. He was just like, I don't know. I don't know. I just woke up and I was here. I took one drink and next thing I know I was here. It was always the same thing. I don't know. I don't know how all of this stuff started happening. I don't know how I got here. I don't know how to fix it. I just don't know. And it was in that situation. It's like, what if he would have told me this in the beginning, that a year from now I would be getting crazy phone calls at all hours of the night. Would I have jumped into this relationship? Mm, no, probably not. Probably mm. not. But he couldn't have even told me, even if he wanted to. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, I haven't. And it's like. Go ahead, Jordan. Go ahead. Oh, no, no go ahead. I was just saying, because yeah. you don't, like, they bring you what they think is their honest truth. And I have an ex-husband like that. And it was like two weeks before, you know, we had a baby together. We were two weeks from our wedding. And I come home and there are police at my house. And he's been, you know, like drunk shoplifting somewhere. And I just did not know what was going, you know. Right. And you're like, well, shit, I didn't sign up for this. But we're in this now. Right. We're like, you know, year and a half right. into this. We have a brand new baby, whatever. I, You know. And so then there you are, right? And I know in that moment, like I legit had like two weeks before our wedding and it was like, wow. there's all this pressure, you know, too, like from my parents saying, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And, you know, you want to talk to the minister at our church, but like inside of me, it was like, well, damn, I really, I had this newborn too. Like I wasn't in my right space. Like, 
had this teenager and this newborn and it's like, you know, sometimes you get in a space too where I couldn't, I couldn't sort it. I just had to go through with it. I was like, well, what am I going to do? You know, this, this okay. thing I committed to. And I think, I used to think all the time, like once things kind of fell apart, because, you know, then we, we were on a roller coaster of mental health and addiction for like a couple of years, you know, and I had a teenager and a baby and a teenager and a toddler. And I was like, oh my God, what is wrong with you, Jen? Like, why did you do that in that moment? In that moment when you found out, you know, but I think also, yeah, I've matured. I've done my work. I've learned to value myself more now. And what I accept and don't accept is different. And also like, you can't, sometimes you can't pry apart the good and the bad. Like it gets back to spirituality for me. Like at some point that person was put in my life and like, yeah, I had a choice in that moment and I could have made a different choice, but I, I maybe I wasn't meant to, you know, maybe I, I needed to walk the road that I walked because, you know, that was some of the hardest times of my life, but I legit did not learn to take care of myself until that relationship like for real not just say self-care like legitimately till my husband was in the hospital in rehab I had a baby and a teenager and was losing my stuff and having panic attacks and it was that point that I finally like really learned how to be vulnerable really learned to let go of my perfectionism crawled into therapy and Al-Anon and so I like if I hadn't done those things I would not be transformed in the way I am now and so I mean, I don't recommend that path, you know, but you never know what you're signing up for sometimes. All the questions, all the conversations, because if the person doesn't know where they are, the person is is like, please love me. I don't want to show you this thing because I'm so you're unaware or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I, I understand you. There was a lot of influences around you that you even be in control of your own emotions at that particular time. Um, I've experienced with, you know, some family members and they put all this pressure on you when they're having their issues or their concerns and you just kind of really want to want to be there for them in their time of need and you forget just personally mm-hmm. about your own physical yeah. self. Yeah. Um, that has happened to me to the point that I had a nervous breakdown when everyone just putting all this pressure on me and I just thought I'm just supposed to be there and do what they want me to do and not knowing that I had a right to just say no. I had a right to just disconnect myself from their stuff. I I just wasn't, I just wasn't even aware of that. Um, That led to that breakdown that led me to this place of just not understanding what was going on just because I wasn't taking care of myself. And then I didn't even know that it was okay to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was ready to just put everybody else's stuff yeah. ahead of mine and stuff like that. And you get to this place, there's so much pressure up on you. There's nowhere else for that to go but to explode. Um, so it's not the same situation, but it's very similar to what I felt when everyone was putting their stuff on me and I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to handle and instead of me saying no I can't or no is not mm-hmm. the time I just kept on going and allowing it to happen and not paying attention to my body my mind or my spirit at that particular time um but like like you said I've done the work you know I I've been through the self-care stuff and taking care of myself and figuring that out yeah. and understanding now to the point where I can have this open conversation because at first I couldn't even express that out loud that I had a nervous breakdown. Um, but I've learned and grew from that and I understand where I was then and I know where I am now. Um, I've even shared that in my relationship. It took me a while to say those things, but I did. You know, mm-hmm. that was open-ended conversation um, and was embraced. You know, and I just feel blessed to be able to have someone to embrace that because it took me a long time to even admit that to anyone out loud just because Mm I was ashamed, I was embarrassed. But um, at the same time, I'm not embarrassed about that right now because I understand that. I knew what I was experiencing then and I knew how to deal it. And I know my limitations now, (laughs) you know, and I understand when I can't, that I can't. And I know how to say no. Like, I love to say no now. Like, that's probably Mm -hmm. people because I've learned my boundaries. Um, 
even with my relationship, I've learned my boundaries. And so you just, you just gotta keep, keep going with it and just having faith in yourself and trusting yourself in those scenarios and situations and not get to that place or beating yourself up about not being able to take care of other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, in terms of mental health and relationships, it really is a very fine line. There's a very fine balance between when do I tell? When do I keep it to myself? How much do I tell? Um, right. Just because, like Mike mentioned, that there's that. It's not even the fear of rejection, but it's the fear of judgment on top of that. Now, for people to just say, no, it's too much. I'm not willing to jump in. That's one thing. But to be like, no, it's too much. There's something wrong with you. And, and pile mm-hmm. on all these negative things to what you're already feeling. I think that's the scariest part of mental health and relationships because there's so much judgment around the topic of mental health. It's just, it's just mind blowing. Um, And, you know, I I really hope that as a people, we can get to a place where mental health, like, like I said, becomes a norm, you know, in the first couple of dates, you're talking about mental health, like, you know, and it doesn't have to be a deep dive into every negative thing that's ever happened in your past, but just a general, yeah, you know, these are some big picture things that I struggle with. And, you know, I'm looking for somebody who can, you know, ride these waves with me, or I'm looking for somebody just to hold space while I'm in these waves or whatever it is, like being aware of our own mental health so that we can tell other people, this is what I need from you when I'm in these in these moments. I feel like if we could get to that place, it would make the dating process so much easier or the relationship process uh, so much easier, just being open and honest. Yes, I, I definitely agree. But I, I also notice how we're kind of creating this space like as we go, because our past generations have literally no idea what we're talking about. I would love nothing more than to go to my mom and ask her how I can maneuver in my marriage. You know, I'm, I'm a new millennial married woman. We've only been married for two years and now we're starting to see some of that stuff boil up with our mentals and we have no support on how to move forward because I had a conversation with mom, like asking her, like, what do you do when you don't feel well enough to show up for your husband and show up for yourself and show up for your child? Um, she was like, Oh, you just go on, you just go in the bathroom and cry. Don't let anyone hear you. You know, turn the water on. I did that a lot. And I was like, You poor, poor woman. I feel yeah. like it, that yeah. broke my heart. But it also was like, That's not how I would like, you know, we're. Where's the resource? Where's the guidance? Oh, we're making it up by ourselves. And that's, I think that's why these, these talks are more important than people really truly understand because our, our elders have no concept of what we're talking about. Right. Because there was no space for mental health at that time. You know, you had to be exactly Mm -hmm. regardless of what you are going through. You had to put on your brave face and keep moving forward and, you know, to bring race into it, especially as a a people, there is no space for mental health weakness, quote unquote. You always have to keep it together. You always have to to be strong um, and just keep pushing forward. I was talking to my husband about this the other day, you know, we were talking about how past generations you know, every time there's issues in, in marriage in this present generation, past generations are like, well, in my generation, we stayed married for 50 years and we were always in marriage yes. meant something. But it was different. A lot of times the women, at least in, in my family experiences, they stayed married because they didn't have any other options. They were struggling physically, mentally, whatever, but there was nowhere else for them to go, whether it was because of financially or because they had a plethora of children or because they didn't have anybody else, whatever it was. Marriage was what it was because there was no other option. You physically could not do anything else. And in terms of mental health, it still wasn't healthy. They were still struggling with addiction and trauma and all kinds of things. And the solution was to just shove it down and put on this strong face and keep moving forward. 
Yeah. And now, yeah. you know, and, and now we're we're trying to break down that strong case. Yeah. yeah, it's funny that you say that, Jordan. You know me, I've done a lot of different jobs over the years. And so I make friends that way. So my, if you see my Facebook, and it seems like I got a, like a big following. These are people I've met through school, multiple different jobs, grocery stores and things like that. And so, <laughs> so um, it's funny that you say that about back in the day, their generation, I was working with this lovely lady, her name was, uh, her name was Helen. And I loved Helen. She was so sweet. And, and, you know, like me, I'm not, I'm all, once I'm comfortable with people, I start talking, whether I'm comfortable or not, I just start talking. So I was talking about being single and like dating. And she was like, don't worry about getting married. Just enjoy yourself. If I could do it all over again, I wouldn't. Helen was married to her husband for 50 years. Only five (laughs) of those years were good out of the 50. She said five out of 50. I was like, excuse me? Well, she said, yeah, because, you know. um, That was the norm. And that was the norm. And it was like, and she was like, he was just so abusive and he was just so unkept. And we had children together and this, that, and the third. And that shit scared the shit out of me. And I, and I, and I, and like even going into days, um, even going into days, date, um, dating, and you find some people that says in the old days it was better. I'm like, man, you better pick and choose what you mean by the old days. Cause in right. the old days, you were barefoot and pregnant and you had no say. So pick and choose now. Let's, let's be honest. Right. But it was just like, people people get into that um like they hear people talk about their marriages from back in the day and then they see people try to emulate that i'm like nah that's not that was not healthy that was yeah. not healthy for your soul whatsoever like it helped and i think of helen all the time she was so sweet and she was just like in the thing she told me i was just like oh my god and you yeah. stayed and you yeah. didn't and it was like and like it's always a red flag to me. Like for some reason, whenever I hear so, whenever I hear somebody say my husband doesn't want me to work, run. He wants to control you. Run. Because <laughs> it's like it's like he doesn't want you to make your own money. So when you're ready to leave him, he, you ain't got. You literally can't. Because back then, that that's what that was. Helen would yeah. tell me it's like they would ask, you, and they'd be like, "I'm gonna leave." He's gonna be like, "Where are you going? You have no money. What are you gonna do?" Right. And it dawned on me when they said that, and I was just like, oh, my God, that is so messed up. And here, and people are like, back in the day, men used to pay for everything. And I was like, nah, they didn't pay for everything because they liked it. They paid for everything because that was a control factor because they know you ain't going to leave. Whether they cheat, Helen used to get cheated on like it was nothing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I was just like, and he would be verbally abusive. And I was like, he would hit you or be and be verbally to you. I'm like, you're so sweet. And I was just like, oh my God. Helen, when when I think I think she finally got, I think, I think she started dating. And it either it took it took for him to die for her to be free. And I was wow. just like, that sounds like, exactly like my mother. It took him oh to die gosh. in order for her to be free. And I was just yeah. like, oh my God, that makes no sense. And I was just and to me being young. You know, to her, me being young, she's like, oh, well, you, you know, your generation is different. You, you're young. And I was just like, yeah, but and and so I live vicariously to other people. And to me, I just never thought that was OK. Whenever a female says she wants to be a stay at home mom, I'm like, man, that comes with a consequence. Don't play that role unless unless you sit down at the table and have a mutual conversation with that person right. on what the rules and regulations of how this is going to play out, because you need to break that down. This quote unquote, oh. It goes without saying. We should never, ever assume it goes without saying. We need details. We need details. And you need to basically have that conversation um, with people. And I just yeah. think about that with all the women I come in contact with, especially in, my, um, especially in the Facebook group chat, where there's people getting married to people. And I'm just like, but you knew. You know what? Perfect example. That Derek Jackson guy. Yeah, <laughs> where, where 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 he said where she said um, the wife is like he played on my he played on my religion where he asked me to forgive him because God wanted me to forgive him and so he cheated on you not once but twice but multiple times and you yeah. used the religion you and he used your religion to keep you hostage in a marriage that he clearly himself was not happy or at least satisfied with to a certain degree but okay. it was these kind of things where I'm just like it it it's just it, it was just like. It's scary, but then I get the odd looks or I get that I'm weird or I'm different when I literally I go out the like I'm not I'm not holding back anything. It's a firing squad of questions and answers and me trying to find out 
if I'm if I'm able to handle your mental if I'm able to handle your mental issues and your strength, and are you able to handle mine? Because once again, I am not trying to be that guy fifty years down the line. Like, yeah, I'm with her because I don't want to be alone, and I can't stand her. So, and it was like it's crazy because I hear people that have been married for fifteen years. I'm like, would you ever do it again? Nope, not even a little bit. Can't stand it. I was just like, what? Because it's like to me. It's like it, it's like it's a great thing where you get to bond with somebody and you find like my idea of it is like obviously I'm not in it, but my idea of the whole marriage thing and the whole relationship thing be with somebody that's literally like your best friend. You're never tired of them, you're never bored. And I you know what I thought it, but then it's like you get I get tired of my family, but you know what I'm saying? I still love my family. But these are people that's just like, man, if they could die right now, I'd be happy. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and it was it's like it was a shock for to see and hear women alike, especially for women that were like in the forties and fifties and all that crap. But I'm just like I it literally I was like, I hate men. I hate men for a hot minute. I was like, men suck, we're not nice. Chivalry is dead to a certain degree because chivalry because chivalry comes with a cost. And it's like, oh, can I get your phone number? Just because you opened the door, sir? Literally? Okay. That's not how it's played, but whatever. And, you know, it's just like the discussion pieces that people left unattended prior to getting into relationships shouldn't be a thing. It should be it should be a dead and buried thing, not a thing of normalcy. And I feel like with me being in the single market and dating, it's like a lot a lot of people are kind of sort of looking for that where I'm just like, nah, I'm asking questions. I'm and they're like, why are you asking so much questions? I'm like, when they say that to me, I'm like, okay, this is not gonna go anywhere. Cause how else do you get to know somebody? Oh, you just go through, you just go through the motions. I'm like, yeah, I'm going through the motions. And in five years down the line, I'm gonna still go through the motions while I'm still asking these questions. Like, like there's, there, I think everybody's gotten to the point of, like, to the point of men, mental health is not an issue to talk about, but then accepting. Oh, whether you're with a person like, like I have friends and family that are in a relationship and they're not happy now, but their response is, oh, well, you know, I've been with them for like eight years, nine years. I was like, but you're not happy. Yeah, but you know, who wants to start all over? What? Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't. I literally had, I literally had a nurse friend who's like her husband doesn't work and she pays all the bills and he does nothing. She still comes home, cooks and clean. And I'm like, yeah, you need to say something about that. Well, no, because whenever I do, he gets all emotional and then he starts to cry. I'm like, he needs to do some push-ups. But yeah, you need to have that conversation. And it's just like you're not. But then, but then the crazy thing about the control factor is with her relationship is that he does that, but then she's not allowed to go out with her friends because then he feels abandoned and rejected. I'm like, he's 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 being. He, and to me, I'm like, he's 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 mentally abusing you. Like, he ain't saying it in a mean way, but he's using it in a sympathy factor where it's like she gets off of work, she goes home, she cooks, she cleans, and then she can't have free, like, she can't go out with her coworkers, she can't go out with her friends. And I was just like, yeah. And it's like, I, either you knew you were getting into this, or did he just spring this on? It was like, well, when his mom died, I was like, okay, so that was, that was a trigger. That's what started it. But then you go on, and it's just like at some point you either need to put your foot down or not at all. But with her, she like being with her upbringing in her culture, she Filipino, where they're extremely submissive, so they just go with the flow. And I'm like, that's nice, but that shit needs to die. Like it needs to die. It does not need to be. That should not be a normal thing in the world. And and it's just like hearing these things, and it's just like. People ask why you're seeing it. I'm just like, cause I'm properly vetting my situation before I make the next yeah. move. And they're like, oh, you're 38 and you have no children. What's wrong with you? I'm like, cause I'm smart about my decision. I'm not just going to have kids with somebody that, that I may eventually not like. Last thing I want to do is say, I hate your mother. That's the thing I don't want to say. And I don't want somebody well, I, to be I would like, hope that you would not say that to your children. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I don't want somebody to say, I hate your father about me because, you know, I don't really care if people like me a lot. But mainly the person I'm interested in is the person I impregnate. I would like them to like me for the rest of their days. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But, yeah, that was enough of my rant.
<laughs> Thank you, Mike. This this has been a very interesting uh, topic. And as we come to our session's close, I guess we can go around and, and, and really um, express our final thoughts for this session on mental health and relationships. Um, I guess I will start. Um, I, and it's not really a thought, more so as it is a question. Um, you know, we've talked about all the different experiences that we've had with mental health and relationships or some of the different experiences that we've had. And it brings up the question of, as a partner, when you're in a relationship with someone, what is your responsibility in terms of your partner's mental health? You know, we've heard some people say just holding space. We've heard some people say, you know, helping them handle their situations or deal with their situations. But really, as, as a human being in a relationship with another human being, what do we feel like our, our responsibilities are to that person? and their mental health. So just that something to think about. Question. Go ahead, Kirsty. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. I wasn't sure if it was like a, a rhetorical question. No, you, I mean, you don't have to answer the question. Uh, it's just a question that came to mind, so. Okay, well, I'm gonna sit on it then because it yeah. was so beautiful that I'm just gonna marinate <laughs> in it. <laughs> I think that was kind of like just about my final thought too. Like the words for me were about, um, it's like a thought and a question. And I think the thought is that like, I can be okay if I'm taking care of myself and my side of the street. And when I dip onto your side of the street and I'm not doing taking care of myself, if I'm not healthy, and what I do when I'm not healthy is I start, I find myself darting over to your side of the street, telling you what to do and trying to control your thing. You know, so like my responsibility is knowing what I need, taking care of what I need, asking for what I need and staying on my damn side of the street. And that is a hard, hard thing. Like every day I get, I, I cross the street all the time, but I think it's those boundaries and that like what I control and what I don't and what's yours and what's mine that help you move through this. And so like, how to do that is the question is like, how do we do that? That's yeah. my life. That's my life question. So, <laughs> but yeah, thank you. So, um, I want to say, I guess my final thought as well. Um, I guess we just have to get to that place of accepting people as they are where they are at the moment they're at that place. Um, because what I realize, we all grow at our own speed mm -hmm. and we all experience things on a daily basis that affect us all differently. And being in a relationship, when you put your expectations of how that person should cope with mm -hmm. life on them, then you're basically not accepting them as they are, where they are at that moment. And so I think what my responsibility is in my relationship is allowing that person to grow no matter what that looks like. Um, mm -hmm. Even if I don't know who that person is while they're growing, that's not the person that I married or I don't understand that and just allow myself to just be patient with that person as they're growing through their experience because it's their experience and they have their own responsibilities and their own experience. Whether they want to deal or accept them, that's not on me, it's on them. And I just remain in that place or keep them in that place in my heart that I know is unconditional love so that I'm able to move on for myself and still be present in my relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah thank, you. Yeah, thank you. I'll go with my final thoughts um, of this co whole conversation. It's just, um, you know, this all, all of this is so new when we're talking about relationships and how they're evolving in consciousness and emotionally and spiritually. So 
I would just say that uh, doing your best is the best you can do and you're doing the best you can with the knowledge that you have at this current time, especially with your partner. A lot of marriages have gone through a lot with COVID and all of that, that um, tacked on to mental health issues and emotional issues. So just um, leaning into giving empathy to yourself as a partner and then giving empathy or receiving empathy or viewing that person from a different lens, an empathetic lens would be key in trying to maneuver and grow together as opposed to, you know, shaming, blaming, mm-hmm. um, yeah. casting someone who is the victim versus the villain kind of scenario, because that's not growing. That's not expansive. So just keeping an open mind and finding your way. I think those, yeah, that's my final thoughts on the conversation. Thank you, Kirsty. Mm-hmm. My final thoughts. Since I did a lot of ranting, um, if the juice is worth the squeeze, then no. But if it's not, then you know. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> if, if you didn't know, all right. because it's like it's like you know when you're making lemonade and orange juice, you know sometimes it gets very tasking and cumbersome. But then if it's worth it, because you know you're gonna get that nice fresh lemonade and that nice fresh orange juice. If you feel like that, if you feel like the juice is worth the squeeze, it's okay to put in that effort. But if you feel like it ain't worth the squeeze, it's okay to stop and just buy the gallon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good metaphor. That is a great metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Thank you, yeah. Mike. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us on another uh, episode of Beyond the Sum of Our Parts. We will see you all on another Wednesday. Have a great, <laughs> have a great week, and we'll talk with you all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.